Welcome to episode number 13 of the Unleashed Academy podcast. My name is Carla Burns, and in today's podcast, we'll be talking about Beyond Unleashed, the future of tech with Elliot Darling. Hi, Elliot. How are you today? Hi, Carla. Good, thanks. Excellent. Great to catch up with you today and learn a little bit more about what you're doing here at Unleashed. So first off, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got started within the SaaS industry? Yeah, sure. So I started about four years ago in a customer support slash sales role in a fast-growing company. At the time, there was about 15, 20 people at the company, and so it was quite a small but fast-growing company. Uh, That gave me the opportunity to grow with the company and step from there into a sort of a back-end product owner role, looking after their billing, CRM, that side of things, and from there pivoted more towards front-end product, looking after the customers and that sort of thing, and from there continued on in a product owner role. I guess that's one of the main advantages within the SaaS industry and working working for SaaS companies is that there is a lot of growth and it's fast growth and the roles are quickly changing and evolving to meet that growth. So what exactly is your role here at Unleashed Software? So at Unleashed, I'm a product owner and looking after our integration systems and reporting. So we have a number of product owners here and they're looking after separate parts of the software, uh, reporting, integrations and systems that we use. And obviously, Unleashed has a number of product owners because, like we were talking about before, in the SaaS industry, teams tend to grow quite quickly. And obviously, the Unleashed team has has grown quite considerably over time. But let's talk a little bit more about what does a product owner actually do in their day-to-day role? Yeah, sure. So there's sort of two aspects to the role. There's the building the right thing and building the thing right. So building the thing right is your basics of is the software working? Is the team putting out software fast enough? So sort of managing the developers, QA in that process to ensure that when we decide to build something, it's um, not too long from building it to releasing it and the customers getting value from it. So making sure that uh, there's no bug fixes, the improvements are there that the customers want. And then building the right things is more about interacting with the customers. So we'll tend to work in an agile fashion where we create something small and give it to our customers, let them test it. I'd like to think I know what they want, but I don't. And they, they always come back with different use cases, different ways they need the software to function. So we do something quick, send it out to the customers, get their feedback and sort of have a, a really good feedback loop where we build something, we test it with the customer, we take their feedback and then fix it um, or change it, give it back to a customer sort of work in a continuous loop to get the right solution for our customers. And then there's the more blue sky looking at uh, where the markets are going, where we should be in two, five, ten years time, and what sort of projects we should be working on to get us to that place. Um, It sounds to me like obviously the the product role is quite pivotal uh, to the business in terms of where the product's developing and and the type of customers that you're going to be interacting with now and within the future. So it, it sounds like quite an exciting role within the business. You, you talked a lot about the fact that you're helping customers work out what they want to do with the product, where the product's developing. Are you able to share a little bit about what the future looks like here at Unleashed in terms of product development? Yeah, sure. So I think um, if I focus in on one area that I'm probably the most excited for at Unleashed is how upcoming BI solution. So in Unleashed, I know any of our users will know they enter tons of transactional data. Uh, Some of that will come from our integrations through Shopify, Vend, 
uh, upcoming Amazon integration, others manually entered. And basically what we're aiming to do is to use all of that transactional data and provide insights back to the user. Now we have some reporting at the moment in Unleashed, but it's mainly looking at what the data is now. And the BI project sort of using that data to show trends of what's happened in the past, try and help with forecasting of what's going to happen in the future. And then the long-term thinking and aim is to be able to have a business be able to ask questions of Unleashed. Things like, if I have an order for X hundred units, how long is it going to take me to assemble them? If I don't have enough stock, which suppliers should I buy them from? When will they come? If I change a different supplier, how will that change the, the margin on the product? So we'll be looking to provide a lot more value back to the customer in terms right. of decision making and that sort of thing. Yeah, so data insights seems to be um, the great next kind of frontier. I guess the, the evolution of a lot of these software products means that we've got access to more data than we've ever had before. And uh, a lot of the reading that you kind of do at the moment is, is around the fact that data mining and kind of manipulating that data and turning that data into useful insights is, is really a, an exciting opportunity for a lot of businesses like ourselves. So do you see data as being a key driver in other technology companies out there? Yeah, definitely. I think it was a couple of years back, Google said that they were moving, well, the world was moving from a mobile-first uh, software solution to an AI-first software solution. So the availability of the large scale of data that companies have access to is now enabling them to perform machine learning on that data, and then they're able to feed that back to the customer and either make predictions or improve things based on that loop. So things like the Internet of Things is also exploding. There's going to be Absolutely. 70 billion different devices all talking to each other. Um, so it won't be human to human talking over the Internet. It will be your fridge talking to your dishwasher, talking to your home security system. So a lot of that data that's going to be generated through those systems talking to each other, that's just going to grow exponentially. Um, things like the invention of 5G is going to allow the capability of that throughput of data and then companies will be able to utilize that to analyze, make trends, predictions, that sort of thing. I think it's quite easy to think in the, the consumer sense of your fridge and your dishwasher, but in industry and manufacturing, warehousing, that yeah, sort of thing. Huge opportunity. Yeah, massive opportunities to have, um, to know where your stock is at all points in time, yeah. what's moving, what's not, without having to to key in that I move from bin A to bin B. Absolutely. Um, we'll just know that. And that. the interconnection between your stock and your 3PL provider and where your stock is actually sitting on the road rather than just kind of like, I've put it in a truck and I'm waiting for it to arrive at a warehouse, you'll probably be able to geotrack your stock as it's moving and have a really good idea about where things are and probably even tracking stock on the, on the actual manufacturing line. So the insights are huge in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think we're well on our way to doing that. And I think um, the businesses are really starting to see the benefit of having that extra data to help them make decisions, to help um, improve customer experiences, being able to keep the customer more up to date on where things are, what's happening with it, how long things will take to yeah. get to them. I guess the only thing um, that comes out of that data data insights, though, is has been a lot of concern around the, the use of the data and whether data has been used in the right way. Um, I guess there's been a lot of things that have happened over the last 12 months that we've seen played out in the US market where 
where there are software applications out there that have been collecting a lot of personalized data from people and probably using that data in a way that people aren't entirely happy about. Um, what we're currently seeing, of course, is a lot of regulatory changes. Um, at the moment, of course, we've got GDPR, which is a set of regulations changing within the EU um, that come into effect on the 25th of May. And, and that's really to kind of give individuals more control over their personal data and what companies are actually doing with that personal data. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that's impacted Unleash and how it's kind of impacting what we're doing in our sort of product development? Yeah, sure. So the UK is one of our key markets that we're going to be focusing on going forward. So being uh, GDPR compliant is a, a non... It's like a non-starter really, isn't it? We have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we just have to do it. And so we've been working really hard towards GDPR compliance. So GDPR is a lot about the transparency and what data companies have about their users. Um, so the users know what data they have, how they're using it, and they also have a right to delete or amend that data. So once they've finished using a service, they can request that their data be deleted. So it's giving a lot of control back to the user about how companies use their data. Yeah. So things like us using customers' data to serve them back um, information that will help them run their business, not really covered under the GDPR. So we will still be focusing on the BI and giving you good information. Not that we ever were, but it covers things like selling of personal data and Absolutely. Um, using it for other purposes. So a great customer. example would be if we took our customers' data and sold warehousing customers' data to people who were trying to provide warehousing insurance. That's kind of where the data was not used in a way that it was actually intended to be used. And it's not something that we do here in Unleash, but it's the kind of things that have been happening on the kind of outskirts of the industry that have kind of prompted some of these changes to happen. Yeah, definitely. So we'll reiterate that we will never, ever sell your data to an insurance warehousing uh, company. <laughs> absolutely. Make that absolutely. Clear. Absolutely. But it's a good example because I think there's been a lot of concern created around GDPR, um, both at the end user. Uh, level and also at the internal level for software companies as they try to mitigate and, and, and understand what it actually means in terms of how it's going to affect their abilities to service clients. But at the end of the day, for companies who are doing the right thing for their clients and using the data in the appropriate way, um, there, there's no reason that, that we can't continue to offer a great level of service and continue to, to, to develop the product and service their needs. Yeah. And in terms of like in the wider tech community, what do you kind of see has kind of played out? I've kind of touched on it a little bit there, but what do you see kind of um, has been the response? I know we're all getting a lot of emails um, from, from companies <laughs> left, right and centre yeah, about opting in. They're all coming out of the woodwork. I mean, it's been positive because I think everyone's had to step back and reflect. Yeah, I definitely think it's been, there are positives to a regulatory change. Um, I can only... Imagine the thousands of man hours that have gone through for each business to, to have their own interpretation of it, fix their own processes, really have a look at how they're using their data, what is necessary to store. So I think from that side, uh, there's been a lot of press about, oh, there's, it's going to ruin businesses, it's going to add so much overhead. I think at the moment there is a lot of doubling up on the work. Each company is working sort of in a silo, yeah. fixing their own systems. But at the end of the day, we all use fairly generic AWS services, for example. So I think springing out of that, there'll be a lot of opportunities for companies to do GDPR automation of compliance to make sure that 
you install something and it makes sure that your GDPR compliant. If somebody requests that their data be deleted, it's more of a click of a button to delete it rather Through than... Through every system rather than just one system in isolation at a time. Exactly. And I think, um, although this is specifically for the EU, our customers in New Zealand and Australia will get a great deal of benefit from it. Most of the software that you're typically going to be using is a global software company. And so from that, they're going to have to be uh, GDPR compliant. So you'll, you'll be covered under that anyway. So just stepping away a little bit from focusing on data and data protection, what, what are some of the other kind of common trends that you're seeing at the moment within the technology industry? Yeah, sure. So we're seeing um, a continuation of the customer success and customer first ethos. So companies investing heavily in processes and anything they can do to make the customer experience better. So obviously uh, we realise that customers are core to our success, yep. so we're um, doing whatever we can to ensure that we're providing the value to the customer. And the value to us is if the customers are getting value out of Unleashed, they're not going to be looking at alternate sources, uh, so they'll stay with us for a long time, and we can build on that relationship and really make sure that the value that we're providing them, they can pass on to their clients, and so getting that whole loop of the customer first and a lot better level of service. We're also seeing companies are looking at how they can use technology to radically change customer experiences. So Amazon Go uh, in the US, for example, they're using the technology of cameras and locations within the shop to allow people to walk in, select the items that you want off of the shelves and walk out automatically. Yeah. No need for a cash register or anybody there. It'll charge you to your Amazon account. Yeah. And the flow and effect of that is that they're changing how the shops are laid out. There's no need for a, a register. That space can be utilised uh, in a different fashion. There's no need for someone to be stuck at the register. doesn't necessarily mean that the human element is not necessary within the brick just, and mortar just, business. Just doff it in a different way. In a different way. So they might be, instead of at the register, at the, at the aisle helping you at the time when you're looking at things, making recommendations. Absolutely. And that sort of uh, value-add services that way. Yeah. So we're seeing, yeah, a major shift in that. Um, and also there's been a lot of trends around um, 3D printing at the moment and it's moving to be quite a rapid kind of tool that's been uptaken as well. Yeah, we definitely are. So 3D printing has been around for a while and it's been predominantly used in the rapid prototyping sort of scenario where you're trying to design a product and you're you're spitting out lots of low quality but fast to produce um, versions of your product and so that was the start of the technology when the printers weren't so great they were quite expensive um, and breaking all the time but we've seen the prices come down the quality go up so people are starting to incorporate that into their business as usual so starting to think how using a 3D printer can improve their processes overall. So if we think of it in terms of uh, inventory management and supply chain management, um, if you have a 3D printer that um, can print any of your replacement parts or any of your products, then there's no need to hold those in inventory and uh, associate the cost with that. Yeah. If there's no cost associated with keeping something in inventory, then there's brings no... Brings the cost down. Brings the cost down and allows you to hold a whole other, air quotes, range of products. So you're not actually holding them, but you have the capability of producing them. And selling them, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I guess there's a huge cost actually implicitly in actual 
warehousing space. So, you know, that's a whole a whole kind of industry and area to look at in itself. So the opportunities are kind of endless really in terms of turning that technology on. Yeah, definitely. So instead of needing a large warehouse, you can scale down the size of your warehouse. If you can scale it down, you can probably move it to a closer central location. Reducing transport costs and 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 the the sort of cost savings are endless, and the opportunities then to kind of scale your business into other areas becomes really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's a lot to watch in that space, and I think as the technology does continue to improve, at the moment there's still it takes around nine hours to make a complex um, product around the size of a golf ball. But as those times drop and as uh, the materials that are available to use in 3D printing get better and the technology gets better and it gets incorporated into our normal business processes, I think we'll see a radical change in how that plays out. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. So I think you've given us a really interesting sort of insight today about what uh, product management and uh, is doing in terms of revolutionising what happens in the in the development of of a product that's in the market within the SaaS space? And I suppose we've talked a lot about the the changes that we're seeing in in the greater kind of context of the technology world. Um, just on a slightly lighter note, when it comes to you as a person, would you rather always tell the truth or or tell a lie? I'm going to have to go with truth on this one. Um... Inevitably, once you've caught out, you've been caught out with a lie. It's going to be impossible to dig yourself out. Um, so I think we'll go, we'll go truth from now on. Well, I think our clients would be really, uh, and customers would be really happy to hear that because, um, as I say, we spent a lot of today talking about data, protecting data, using data, and doing interesting things with data. So we want a man who's truthful, looking after our data. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time here today, Elliot, and uh, for giving us some of your useful insights. Uh, Thanks also for listening to the Unleashed podcast with me, Carla. Check us out at unleashedsoftware.com for more inventory tips. And don't forget to visit the Unleashed Academy for more short and sweet videos on how to manage your inventory and much more.